Please stand as you are able for the reading of scripture. Today's scripture reading is Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. This is the word of God. For the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. I'll give you the short version of my sermon first, the too long, didn't read version. It goes something like this. I believe one of the best ways of thinking about the act of praise involves cultivating wonder. So if you're good with that, um, you know, feel free to leave now. I really won't blame you, except you all. Uh, you still have some stuff to do here. And uh, no, I, I think it's worth sticking around and digging into this idea that praise is about cultivating wonder because wonder, or that sense of wow, as I mentioned with the kids, is sometimes difficult to pin down. It's hard enough to stumble into wonder, let alone cultivate it. Think about the last time you truly felt a sense of wonder. Maybe you were looking out on a beautiful nature scene. Maybe you were gazing into the eyes of a newborn. Maybe you were at the symphony hearing a magisterial piece of music. Maybe it was Gloria last year, and while I hope you haven't gone a full year without another experience of wonder, you have another shot at Gloria coming up in just a little while. <laughs> I really don't understand how this could be true, but maybe you felt that spark of wonder when a certain baseball team won a certain World Series. I don't have to understand it to acknowledge that wonder, like praise, is far greater and more diverse than my own limited feelings and experiences. Whatever it was that made you feel that sense of wonder, I, ask you, I invite you to ask yourself, how did that happen? Was it something you did, or was it a coincidence, something beyond you? Or perhaps maybe it was something in between those two extremes. I suggest it was probably something a bit out of your control and something that you had to position, position yourself to be open to. Like wonder, praise is something that is beyond us individually and yet also something we participate in. We can't always just make it happen all on our own, but we rarely participate in praise if we don't do anything at all. So if we are called to praise, I suggest it might be worthwhile to dig into it a bit and see how we can best live out that calling. One of the primary ways I have experienced a call to praise is through what I like to call sunset Sabbaths. In college, I started to set aside time almost every evening to watch the sunset. I would go to the top of one of the parking garages on SMU's campus, find a corner in the western side where nobody was parked and get comfortable. For the next 30 minutes or so, I would do nothing else but watch the sun set. And if I remember correctly, the law school parking lot was the best one, just in case you're ever 
in that neighborhood and need to stop by. Personally, I've yet to find anything as wondrous as watching the sunsets day after day, with my body firmly planted on the solidness beneath me, connecting me all the way to the earth, and my eyes raised up to the horizon, I was drawn into that beauty that surpasses everything else. A beauty that was not only new every day, but also every second as colors transformed into new colors and no two sunsets were ever the same. Those sunset Sabbaths were far more important to me in cultivating a call to praise than any worship service or church event. And perhaps because of the sunset Sabbaths, it's hard for me to understand praise outside of the expansive wonder I found there. Watching the sunset also taught me how hard it is to praise or wonder at all. I kept up that practice throughout seminary. I can also tell you the best spots around Emory University. And pretty much up until there were kids in my life. Through that time, there were, of course, some seasons where I watched the sunsets with less frequency. And now I rarely get a chance to, unless we just happen to see it while walking the dog. Our lives are busy and full of distractions. It's difficult to set aside that kind of time for something like praise or wonder. On top of the time constraints, sometimes the world is just a little too dismal. Not just the times the sunset is literally clouded out, but also the heaviness of the wars and violence and fear, the stuff we hear about in the news. And then also the other times when that weight has rested closer in my heart. Those emotional and psychological struggles can cloud out praise and wonder too. And yet I found over and over again, even in the rougher seasons, cultivating wonder was not only possible, but essential. Not so that I could be lifted above or away from the pain, but so that I could see a fuller picture of how God is always present and how we might open ourselves to that presence. One more note before I turn to how Psalm 100 can help guide us to cultivate wonder and praise. I don't really want to give a definition of wonder or praise because that just doesn't seem very wondrous. It would kind of undercut the whole thing I'm going for here. But I do want to try to be as clear as I can about what I mean when I use these words. As I hinted at before, I don't believe that wonder or praise provide an escape from the world or our bodies or any part of God's creation. I've come across some expressions of praise that try to elevate worshipers away from the here and now. The problem with that is that God is very much in the here and now. So if connecting with God is the point of praise, we better not turn away from where we know God to be. If anything, wonder or praise root us even deeper in our world. Besides, our psalmist today starts by calling all the earth to make a joyful noise to join in that act of praising. And I think many psalms remind us that praise is ultimately about connecting with God. Like when the author of Psalm 51 calls out, You have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken, contrite heart. With that insight ringing in my ears, I think wonder and praise can best be understood as positioning ourselves in humility and a state of openness. Praise isn't about escaping where we are or appeasing God. It's about rooting ourselves where we are and opening ourselves to God's presence there. 
And then when we pay close attention to Psalms like Psalm 100, we see more fully how we can cultivate that openness and wonder throughout our lives. Psalm 100 is one of many psalms of thanksgiving and is one of an even greater number of psalms across different categories that call us to praise God. And I see two main ways the psalm guides us to cultivate wonder. Feel free to only pay attention to one of these, whichever grabs your attention more, because I believe doing either one of these will transform our lives. First is the practice of grounding and transcending. When I look closely at Psalm 100, I see two distinct parts. And I think there's still Bibles in the pewbacks if you're the kind of person that likes to follow along. Sorry, I don't know if y'all got any up there. But you can see this in verses 1 through 3. We see a, a signal of practice of grounding. And verses 4 through 5 signal a practice of transcending. Both of which are needed for cultivating wonder. More specifically, in verses 1 through 3, we see the psalmist address the earth, as I mentioned before. They also talk about the embodied act of singing, recognize that God made us, including our bodies, and reference us as the sheep of God's pasture, which comes across to me as incredibly earthy, grounded imagery. All these features situate us as readers and followers of the psalm more fully in the earth and more fully in our bodies. These verses ground us in who and where we are. Then in verses 4 through 5, we see the inverse. They talk about entering God's gates and courts, whatever and wherever that may be. Then the psalmist lifts our hearts and minds to dwell on God's goodness, steadfast love, and faithfulness. These things that are so intangible, things that are transcendent, beyond us. So cultivating wonder is about grounding ourselves, seeing the world as it really is, paying attention to what's all around us, and then opening ourselves to how God is and how our world could be. First, the psalm grounds us, then it lifts us up, because we can't lift our eyes to heaven unless we're standing on solid ground. I experienced that same movement in those sunset Sabbaths I mentioned. In order to fully appreciate the wonder of those moments, I had to be grounded, literally and symbolically. And then I could gaze out into the heavens and be inspired by a beauty that was so much bigger than my specific time and place. I also had to establish a tangible practice of setting aside the time needed every day so that I could access something beyond time and space. I think the same method of grounding and transcending can be done in any situation of praise, whether here in these times of worship or in other moments of your life. When we are here, we can pay attention to the tensions and frustrations and fears we feel, not leave them at the door. We can plant ourselves firmly in that space and then look for how God is breaking into our world and lifting our eyes to a fuller picture of how we might find that support and comfort and peace around us. And whether it's the music or the prayers or whatever piece of worship that helps you, I hope you can use this time every week to be grounded and to transcend. Or when out in your neighborhood, we can pay close attention to the ground beneath us and the people and animals and plants around us. From that position, that we, we can then open ourselves to the beauty and inspiration and divinity in it all. Or when we're in a hospital room with a loved one, we can ground ourselves compassionately in the painful reality. 
And then we can lift our eyes up to the ways care is shared by everyone working there. How hope cannot be shut out of even those dim places. When we do that, I believe we cultivate a greater wonder at how God is present in all times and all places. And I believe we can open our hearts to praise God for the love shown and the love we are invited into. The other main theme I see in the psalm as a clue for how to cultivate praise is thanksgiving or gratitude. It's not lost on me that the middle-ish line of the psalm is a call to thanksgiving. I've always known gratitude to be an important thing in our world, but I never gave it that much deep thought until I read a book by the author Diana Butler Bass called Grateful, The Subversive Practice of Giving Thanks. She offers a lot of wisdom in this book, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. And I want to offer one bit of insight that I think relates to wonder. Diana Butler Bass actually builds on the insights of another author I have shared here before, Parker Palmer. Between the two of them, they present the idea of having soft eyes. Having soft eyes comes from a practice in the Japanese art of Aikido, specifically the act of widening one's periphery to take in more of the world, a kind of wide-angled seeing. Often, when we are in stressful situations, we narrow our sight, and flight or fight, fight or flight takes over. So instead, in those situations, we have to practice the act of widening our sight. Parker Palmer puts it this way, soft eyes, it seems to me, is an evocative image for what happens when we gaze on sacred reality. Now our eyes are open and receptive, able to take in the greatness of the world and the grace of great things. And maybe that's about as good a definition of praise as I have ever found. If time after time we practice seeing with soft eyes, not reacting to the stress itself, but rather seeing the bigger picture around us, we may be better positioned to give thanks. Not for the pain or disappointment that put us in that situation, but rather for the presence of God grounding us and transcendent beyond us. There are certainly things we can't and shouldn't be thankful for, but with soft eyes, we might just be able to cultivate a sense of enduring gratitude in our hearts which might just open us up to a sense of wonder and praise. Most of the time I practiced my sunset Sabbath, I entered and left with a sense of profound peace and gratitude. The world proved itself to be as beautiful as I hoped it was. But there were also times I kept my appointment with the sunset even when I didn't want to. Those harder times of my life when I went through utter confusion or heartbreak or struggles with impossibly big decisions. In those tougher times, I did not leave the moment with a sense of gratitude, but the act of watching the sunset helped me keep those soft eyes no matter what was going on. Praise and wonder is not about ignoring the difficult things. It's about developing soft eyes, about grounding and transcending, about cultivating an awareness of what is beyond us wherever we find ourselves. Doing so helps keep us from feeling overcome by the pain and suffering around us, even as we face it fully. With grateful praise, we see a bigger picture of divine love all throughout our world. So I'd like to leave you with a song that I believe mirrors Psalm 100 well. 
in which I hope reminds you of the meaningful acts of cultivating wonder through soft eyes so that we can be both grounded and transcend. Aaron's going to come help me out, offer the song, What a Wonderful World, written by Bob Thiele and George Weiss, made popular by Louis Armstrong. I invite you to listen to the song prayerfully as a closing prayer to the sermon. Listen for the moments of grounding and lifting and how we might see more clearly with softer eyes, with gratitude. Listen for the wonder in our wonderful world. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white. The bright, blessed day and the dark, sacred night. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of the people passing by. I see shaking hands saying how do you do what they're really saying is I love you I hear babies cry and I watch them grow they'll learn much more than I'll ever know and I think to myself what a wonderful Oh, I think to myself, what?